Serena and Katie have anxiety. Maybe you have it too. If so, you're not alone. They're spiraling just like you. Hello, welcome to Spiraling. I'm Katie. What? <laughs> should we do should we do that again? Because I um let's take it from the top. Take it from the top. From the top. Wait, you you start. It's always better when you start. It's not, but welcome. I'm Serena. Katie just sounds so nervous, like it's not actually Katie. It was an imposter. <laughs> um, I can like casually welcome. send a voice text, but I can't like I don't know what's what my what my deal was beginning today. It's, true. it's Monday. Welcome to the last formal episode of spiraling season four we have a q a episode after this but this is the last episode i feel i, I feel wild about that i know it's also it's gone oddly out of order because we <laughs> our second to last episode should be a year in review as it always is but yes. we wanted to put that one out in a somewhat time somewhat timely <laughs> timely fashion um so we are, well, we'll just, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. You already know, you saw the description. This is the annual social media episode, which, you know what? It's oh, a fine way to yeah. wrap up the year to just, you know, it, we got to get it out. We got to let it out as we, we say here do. in this family and let out our spirals. And so we're going to do a traditional format episode where we're going to share our spirals, talk about social media for a bit viral about that and then uh wrap up with some highs and we'll get you out of here (laughs) (laughs) then we'll get you out of here in a some in a somewhat timely fashion i think we should just put somewhat before any promises that we make and it it will save us (laughs) maybe that's our shirt maybe that's our shirt somewhat timely fashion (laughs) somewhat timely fashion um Okay, I will spiral i have a lot of spirals these past two weeks my 2023 it's not off to it's not off to a bad start i'm just i feel really underwater and i feel like i had such great intentions about starting the year on this you know kicking ass and taking names note i'm like i'm just barely scraping by and apparently I, I only believe in astrology when it suits me, but like apparently Mer- Mercury has been in retrograde like these first two weeks of the new year. I could be wrong, but that's what a lot of people told me in my, like, I don't know. But yeah, Mercury's in Gatorade. We're in Gatorade, underwater. all the things. I literally almost said that out loud because that's how I say it in my head <laughs> because <laughs> I've seen so many of those memes at this point uh, fitting for the social media episode. But uh, I just have been feeling sort of tired and like have been having a a lot of mistakes and technical difficulties and all of this stuff. Anyway, that's not my spiral, but I think that's why I've been spiraling so much as I just feel like I keep making mistakes and a, a funny one that is, I just am giving an example, social media related is I make these promotional videos for my cooking classes where I will film, you know, just like close-ups of the food and whatever, and then I'll cut them together and put music over them and be like, this week's class is XYZ, sign up, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw this. (laughs) Did you see see the original video? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Where I mean, were you watching it? And you were like, oh, were you like, what oh is no, she no, doing? no. I just saw you post that you did it. Oh, yeah, I took it down. But yesterday I was posting a promotional video for this week's class. And when I cut the clips together, obviously the original audio is whatever was happening in the background, right? So in the original so I posted it's like a 15 second clip, but it's a 15 second clip made up of, you know five or six, two to three second clips. And so though I forgot to put the music over it. So it was like me talking, taco shrieking, like me scraping the spoon on the bottom of the thing and being like, taco sh-, and like all this. <laughs> oh and no, I thought I said something only- else in your story where you were like, I posted, I thought you said you posted the wrong recipe for oh, that. Oh no, 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 no. So then I was, I like was, I was posting a different story and accidentally pressed backwards. And that was the story before. And I was like, wait, what is this? And I realized I hadn't put the music over it, but all these people were sharing it. And I was like, why are so many people sharing this week's promotional class video? And I think it was just because they were like, wow, is she completely lost it? Like, this is like an unhinged dog barking, scraping, weird talking video and i am unhinged that is the correct assumption yeah maybe Anywho. you should do that more often get that I, I mean no press is bad press. <laughs> i was like this is my real life people uh anywho i would say one bigger spiral that i am having is i really didn't go to any of my doctor's appointments last year. So I didn't get a physical last year. I didn't go to the dentist. Uh, I didn't get a skin check, like all of the things that I was supposed to do. And I feel like I just had a really scary year on the health front, not personally, but with family and people close to me. And I just really want to get back on top of my health. And I promised myself that I would do all of these things in January. And now we're almost two thirds of the way through January and I've only gone to one appointment. And I feel for me like guilt and shame, as we have discussed are my big triggers. And I feel really frustrated that I feel really annoyed at myself, which is why I never make resolutions because I tend to not follow through on them. And then I feel guilty and that makes me feel anxious and all of those things. But anyway, I did go to one doctor's appointment last week and I have to go back again this week. And like, I haven't made my dentist or my physical appointment. And now I'm getting weirdly, I know I will feel so much better when I just do it. It's a needleless thing. So like actually talking about it right now, I have to do it when I get off of this, this <laughs> recording. I'm going to force myself to do it. But then I was brushing my teeth last night and I was like, oh, I think you have cavities. Like I've never had a cavity before, but I'm 99% sure I have cavities right now. And I just get really spirally about all of the things that could be wrong. And you'd think that would motivate me to do it more quickly, but instead it makes me put it off more. And it this is like, I feel like this is the definition of a spiral where like, I'm like, just do this thing. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, you still didn't do the thing. And why didn't you do the thing? And why can't you just get on top of your shit? And like, what if you go to the doctor and this happens? And it's like, it's just a, a cycling thought thing that I need to nip in the bud, but it's been bothering me. And that is arguably my top spiral this week. Well, the good part about, I'm sorry, even spiraling about that, but the good part about all of it is that it's in it's progress. Yeah. yeah. And don't you have a bunch of appointments this week? 
Yeah, I do. So, so I feel like I have just... a few and like I'll get I'll get through those and then like one thing at a time. And yeah. Also like sometimes yeah. I feel I feel like sometimes in those appointments I don't have I really like my doctors. They're good doctors, but especially like one of the they're just not they don't have the best bedside manner. So sometimes they say things and then I'm like, what does that mean? And then I get really scared. And they're like, I wouldn't worry about it yet. And you're just like, what? Like that kind of stuff really that health anxiety is something like I'm not a hypochondriac, but I at all in the sense that I also, you know, rarely, <laughs> rarely go to the doctors. It's more just uh, like if I feel weird in my body in any way, or I notice something that's off or different, I start to panic, like the feeling of a cavity, or I have this, like, I'm like, I have to get a skin check because I do have like one freckle that's like, looks different and weird now. And then I look at it every day and then I'm like, does that look weird? And I'm like, stop wasting time on this. Just have a professional tell you if it's weird or not. <laughs> you don't right. have to think about it every day. So I don't know. I do feel like this is... I know at least a lot of my friends also procrastinate the doctor thing. So shout out to the spiraling community. Maybe we can tackle this together this year and get more on top of our health because it is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't share that this spiral with you, which is like an interesting because a lot, I feel like we have like a nice Venn diagram of like how our anxiety is pretty yes. similar and then it's pretty different. I do relate to the part about like, and I think maybe this is just a human thing. Like when, when we talked about this in the pain episode or, and it relates to vanity too, like having a zit or like that's never fun or like being in pain. It's hard to concentrate on other things in your brain when you have like a physical thing. It like, you know, it gets, it forces you to be in your body which is sometimes good for someone who's so cerebral like us, but is annoying for someone who's so cerebral like us to have to pay attention to our bodies. You know, we get so good at ignoring them. Yeah. I think for, for me with going to, to doctors, I'm just like, Oh, this is gonna, is this going to be, it's not as much of an anxiety thing of like that, that particular feeling, but I do know that just being in, progress with something of like, oh, this is a thing I need to deal with. Once I have it on my calendar and like in motion, it's like, okay, but you're at least you're like doing everything you can right now. And then that calms your brain down to know that like, and that feeling you were having with the cavity, it's like, yeah, it could be. And I know you like, this is what you would tell me. Like it could be a cavity for sure. Absolutely. But it could also not be, or it could be, and they fix it and it's no big deal. And like, it's just the unknowingness. It's the discomfort of the in-between that is so uncomfortable and a playground for our anxiety. Yes. So it's like going back to like, is this true? What can I do about it right now? Mm -hmm. Putting that plan in action. And then it's then your body for at least today until you have the appointment or until you're in like horrific tooth pain, like can calm yeah. down because it's like you did everything <laughs> yes. you can do, you know? <laughs> totally. But you're uh, reminded of it when you think about it, which that part sucks. Or when you feel yeah, it. I feel like I have like, I just have some weird mental blocks on doing certain things. Sort of like how we talked about the cleaning and organization thing. Like, I don't know why. It's one of those things which I think plays back into 
my original response with anxiety to my anxiety, which is like, why are you like this? And why can't you get a handle on it? And now I'm so much nicer to myself in the anxiety respect. But in these other respects, I, I still say this. I'm like, why are you like this? And why can't you get your shit together? Yeah. Uh, I know. I have that with, I, I kind of had a week of that, that too. I, well, should I to get into my yes, 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 yes. Get into your spiral. How do you, how do you feel about, do we feel like we got some? Yes. Yes. I'm going to make the appointment and I actually, yes. And I, I feel like that was honestly not meant to be tied up in a neat bow, but now it will be because I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So yeah, I think it's like a band. <laughs> Thank you for listening thing. to me. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. I'll say this if it makes you feel better. I literally had a dentist appointment. I just had to reschedule a dentist appointment like three times before I like actually went to it because I just was like, I can't, this is a thing that like I have so, I'm feeling so underwater, like cannot do, cannot do. I felt like a that is so rude and I don't, I'm not proud of this. I think it's horrible that I did that twice. But well, I did it once. And then the second time I went there and I had to wait for 45 minutes and I just couldn't, I was like, oh, at this point, like I have somewhere to be. And I just had to tell them, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they, so I technically didn't go to that one either. I was like, I should just wait. I already canceled the last one. And they were like, it's on us. Like, it's no problem. You can redo it. So, but you know, to be fair, I've like, I get it. Like I get, like, it's not the things that, I mean, in your case, like you're actually feeling a, a tooth pain, but like when you have so much going on, there's so many, and you're in charge of your own schedule. Like those are the things that are first to go. Cause they don't seem yeah. like they're an immediate priority. And then, but when they fester, then they like become an immediate priority because you pushed it off, you know? So it's like, absolutely. Know, it's frustrating, but you know, me with you, I feel like in our whole pre-show today, I was like reminding you of a conversation we had, like, I don't even know if it was this season. I guess it was, I guess it must've been last, last year. I think so. When we were talking about this project that that Serena has been doing, and I feel like there was this one day earlier, or yeah, earlier this season, but last year technically, where I we didn't even record because I just yeah. like went. I became life coach, creative consultant, and um, sibling, like friend, everything. Where I was just like had to pump you up to be like, and but it really the big theme that I feel like I often come back to with you is like being less hard on yourself. You know, I think that's like something that you, that I've seen a pattern in you that because you work so hard and you're so kind and you care so much, which I think is related to anxiety, you are typically really hard on yourself. And I, you know, I'm so glad it's gotten better with anxiety, but I think it still <laughs> lingers in these other areas especially Thank the cleaning you. thing lately which like oh my god the cleaning yeah I, I don't know why that's become such a self-loathing I think you really need to like I, I was thinking about it last week actually and I was like it's not it, it's not a big deal like I know I understand cohabitating with another person which I am not yeah. doing and have never done is like um, especially when that person is like very very neat and organized yeah no I get that that's probably like why I don't um why I like don't understand it as much. And I'll probably need like a full seat of tight, like 10 episodes if I ever cohabitate with someone. And I am like, <laughs> how does one do this? Help. 
Because um, I'll be like uh, 70 okay. years old, but um, you, no. will <laughs> you will absolutely not. But that would also be very funny episode. I hope we're still doing spiraling in 70. Yeah, me too. Um, I was, I was, ta- I, I was, t- I'll get to my spiral, but just quickly, I related to this. I was talking to my friend yesterday and she was saying how she was organizing her clothing and like thinking about her style and like how it's harder for her to get dressed when her closet's not organized. So she was going through all of that. And then she was just like, <laughs> she said something that was so funny. They live in, it's my friend who's still in New York and, and they're in Brooklyn and, and I'm really close friends with um, her partner too. And she was just like, having another person here is so, it makes everything harder. It may, I forget the way she said it, but it was something like, it just, I'm so organized, but I have all of his shit around or like, it was just something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was just like, oh my God, wow. I am, there's a lot of problems to living alone of like, I just can't reach the thing. And I, it's a two person job to do yes. whatever, but you know, there's a lot of benefits too, <laughs> as yes. you know, from living alone for this weekend, your roommate was out of town. Yeah. I was telling Katie that, uh, while Logan was out of town, I literally was in, I did nothing and I saw no one and it was honestly so nice. Logan called, I mean, obviously I was like talking to him all the time, but he was like, please call and was like listing like, you know, various friends. And I was like, I, but also I had a big social week, but like, I feel like we're very social people. And I was just like, I think it's okay to see no one. I don't want to see anyone. I'm yeah. gonna cuddle taco and I'm not gonna get dressed or put any makeup on this weekend and just like veg and I watched the bold type and like ate weird snacks and was super happy. So yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's great. More detail in the highs. More detail in the highs. Okay, tell me your spiral. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when you're faced with a challenge in life. Uh, we have many. It's, you know, a skill to be able to find solutions to your own problems. And honestly, there's no better feeling when you can. But sometimes you need to have a therapist who can help you learn that skill of problem solving by talking things out with you. And that makes it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. We really love therapy here in this family, don't we, Serena? We could not love therapy more as you may or may not know, I started doing therapy when I was in college and it has changed my life for the better in so many ways, exceeded my expectations for how it could improve my life. I feel like I am just so much calmer. I am able to take a beat before I react to situations. I better manage stress and anxiety. I feel more confident, like a better version of myself. I I just feel like there are so many benefits that everyone can experience from therapy, whether you're just looking to unload stress, heal yourself emotionally, help with anxiety, depression, and so much more. Yeah, really. It helps with relationships. It helps with your work. It can help with every area of your life and help you to feel supported. So if you are thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. And it's entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. 
When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. So visit betterhelp.com slash spiraling today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash spiraling. Thank you, BetterHelp. I mean, I'm just going to get right on into it because it is related to social media and it is current, but Mm -hmm. it's related to an ongoing social media spiral that I've had for years. And if people have listened to all these social media episodes over the years, I don't really remember what I said, but I'm sure a version of this has maybe come up. And gosh, I just, I think I use social media more so, and we'll talk about, we were talking before we started recording of like, in this episode, talking about using social media as a consumer and as a creator. And I think whether you use it for work or share with any size of an audience, like as long as you're posting occasionally on your feed and you don't, or, and, or stories, and you don't like purely just use it to look at other people, which I have a lot of friends who do that. Like my friend Zoe just never, ever, ever posts, but she has it and will like message me. Yeah. But she just never posts. And I think that's really cool. But yeah. If you are someone who is a is posting, I find that my spirals around social media are so much more intense when I'm when my ratio between creation or contrib- contribution even like contributing mm-hmm. to the platform and consuming is off, right? Like, and so for you, Serena, like you're so consistent with it because it literally is your job and like you're posting on there every single day and like you take days off and breaks and have boundaries with yourself, but it's, you really use it as your job where I, you know, we've actually like been joking that and who knows, maybe I will start doing this, I hope, because I might need to, but I do want to become an influencer and like see, to try my hand at that actually. But currently I'm not using my social media really in that capacity at all. I'm barely posting on there. I'm on stories somewhat frequently, but I don't even go on it often, like maybe once a day, um, but I might miss a day. And I feel off looking at other people's stuff when I am not posting anything myself, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I have all these ideas of things that I want to post or even, you know, and I have let it out's account too, where I post the podcast and I post about, I I really like what I've done with that account, but I think I've spread, we've talked about this a million times. I've spread myself thin with having two places to post. It's hard enough to post on one place that I'll just get so overwhelmed and I, that I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And that feels much like you, I think actually like ties into how you feel hard on yourself around the, the things that we were mentioning, but, but this is like a real reason for me to feel hard on myself. Cause it's like, I'm not doing my job. I'm not like showing up in the capacity that I want to. And I know I can, and I just need to start doing. And just like with anything, the further behind you get, the worse it feels and the harder it is to get back into it, whether that's getting behind on emails, whether that's getting behind in cleaning, whether it's getting behind in social media, you feel like pregnant with content that you need to post and you feel backed up, Mm -hmm. like constipated. Maybe that's a better analogy. (laughs) And so 
when that's the case, like it's not good to take in more. And so then when I'm taking it, when I'm seeing like a wonderful thing that my really good friend is posting or someone I know from the internet or someone who listens to the podcast or whatever it is, when I'm seeing them post their anything, whether it's like a cool event they're doing or their new zine or their new podcast episode or their salad they made themselves. I'm like, fuck you. Like I can't do my thing, you know, (laughs) where on a day where I posted my thing and I feel really great and I press post, then I see that I'm like, oh my God, I love your salad. This is, I'm so happy for you. Like I can really participate and be in there and feel great. And so Anyway, this is just so insidious and that's kind of like more about the topic than my spiral. But I mean, I could honestly have about 20 million different spirals related to and adjacent to social media. It's hard for me to pick just one, but I'll talk about the the social bit of a spiral because there is something this is so embarrassing. Like it's so uncool to talk about social media, at least like in my circle of very cool people that I see in real life on a daily basis. Like a couple of them are just not on social media at all, which is the cool move. Right. But it's like, and I talked about this in my episode with Nada, where if you are someone who wrote a book and you worked really hard on it, like she did, why would you not share on social media? You have this platform that for free, you can broadcast to a lot of most people that, you know, and why would you not use that? Like you would kind of have to, and, and I understand the value of it and it's, it's complex, but I, so, and I don't want to tap out of it because I actually really like it. And I think we've had so many of these conversations, but all of that said, I was at this concert last night and I was telling Serena about it. Anyway, I'm sitting at this concert and I, I have a complex relationship with a lot of the people there in the sense of, I know I've done this to myself and this is a lot in my own brain, but we all do this, right? Where I have made myself feel on the outside of this group and some of it's probably my own doing or trauma or whatever. And some of it is probably, you know, just in my head and some of it maybe is real and who knows, but there, there I am kind of like sitting around this room with People I know well on different degrees, but I, you know, I've been here for three years. I walked into this room and knew a lot, a lot of people and uh, some people that I'm, I have met several times and I, and I never know, like, are they going to say hi to me or not? You know, that interaction where you're like, do I say nice to meet you or good to see you? Like, (laughs) you know, always good to see you. (laughs) <laughs> right. That, I, I always err on that side. But last night I had it with somebody where I said they were I was introduced to them. I've met this guy like 12 times. And he said um, and and he was like, oh, yeah, hi, I'm I'm Max, whatever. He'll never listen to this. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I've met you a couple of times. And then he which I should not have said. I should have just been like, <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you. And then he was like, oh, where? And then I had to like fucking oh, list God. it. And I'm like, uh, OK, I can literally tell you the seven, you know, like this yeah. is now embarrassing for anyway. But like kind of related to that sort of feeling. I'm here I am sitting around at this concert just very aware of myself and like where I stand. And sort. this sounds like high school, but in the social hierarchy of people here, which is so weird and bizarre to say, but 
there is something to, you know, I'm very, if it's not clear to everyone here, earnest and like inclusive. Like I, I, I spiral when I feel like I didn't invite everyone to the party. Like I overcompensate for how I make myself feel in group dynamics by really going above and beyond to make sure that I'm never doing that to someone else. But yes, when I, when I meet someone and I, and I'm curious if this, like, I know this is not the case for everyone based off of like where they are in life and just how they use this platform. But for the sake of my spiral, (laughs) keep it in mind that this is like where I live here in this neighborhood feels like basically a high school. And I didn't have Instagram in a high school, but I, how I would imagine it feeling where it's like, you see kind of the same amount of people, you all kind of run in the same circles, you know, each other. And if you hang out, uh, this is the part that I think would vary depending on the situation, but here it's just like this for knowing. So when you meet someone and you hang out with them and you have some sort of connection where you know each other somewhat well, and then you usually, not it's not like you go and seek and like find them on social media but like once you see them or another friend posts about them you'll just like follow them it's like oh yeah i know you from the thing and now we're on here and it's yeah kind of this is what i was looking around the room thinking i'm like it's kind of like oh now we're like lifelong we're going to be connected here until we like unfollow each other because even yeah. when someone moves away or even when someone's traveling like you're like oh what's up person do like there you are in this little it's kind of like a, how Facebook friends were. It's like now this that's like how we use that, right? And anyway, I've just started to become very aware of like, there's a few people in this group who I see all the time. I'm close with, like significantly close with, text with, like ha- have a friendship with. And we don't, for whatever reason, follow each other on Instagram, which is so silly, but for some reason it gets under my skin and it really starts to be my spiral of like, why, what's your deal with that? What's my deal with that? Do I just like, I, and I've gone over it with one particular person so many times in my brain. And I, and my friend was like, just don't do it because if, if they don't follow you back, then and you'll feel you're going to feel worse. So just don't do it. And so I've done nothing. And that feels correct at this moment, but it comes up in my sphere all the time. Not, not just because I, I see them like in real life, I don't think about it at all, but I quite often see another friend post a story about them and, or I, it just comes up like you see a comment like all the time. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is just weird at this point. And also, you know, and then I, this is what I was like kind of daydreaming about during the concert where I was like, how bizarre though, that this, this app on our phones we've made that we use for work and that we use to promote things can make me feel so in or out based off of if someone's following me and I'll even take it as far as like, if someone watches my stories consistently and then stops watching my stories, I'll be like, oh, did they think I was bad? Do they, do they just not like me anymore? Like I will go, my brain will do that sort of brand of a spiral. And on the other end, if I do post something and not so much watching stories, cause my brain will be just be like, Oh no, I just played by accident or something like that. But if they like a post that I did that instantly gives my, my stress response, like a calm, 
better than ashwagandha or any sort of legs up the wall could ever do. That's like, <laughs> this person is not mad at you. This person does not hate you. Like yeah. this person th thinks of you right at this moment. Like it gives me such a like, all right, don't have to swear about that one who, and then I instantly that lasts for about one second. And then I think of the 12 people who did not like it, you know, <laughs> like totally. But that's my I mean, big spiral about this. It's like, that is so much that I just shared, you know? That's, a, that's, a, well, okay. So first of all, so many things to touch on. I think yeah. many, many people have a similarly conflicted relationship with social media and it can cause all of these micro spirals that just make it feel like a very inhospitable place for our mental health in general. One thing that I do want to point out on the following front, just to present another, possible side to things. Yeah. So I have this with a few friends where I don't follow them on Instagram. It's not intentional. It's just that I didn't follow them either when this is particularly true of people who are good friends of Logan's that are now my good friends, right? So mm -hmm. we've been together for so long. Now, I think Instagram came out or like we started using Instagram like the first year of our relationship. And I think I was still meeting different friends of his. And after after a decade, you know, Logan's friends are my friends and my friends are his friends and whatever. But I didn't start following those people then because I didn't know them. And then for whatever reason, maybe I just didn't follow them on Instagram. But it it became like the seven or eight years ago, even it became too late to start following them in the sense that I knew when I followed them, it would send them a notification. They'd be like, you weren't following me because I feel like some people who casually use Instagram, you use it. I think you're a little bit more aware of it than most just because you also do the content creation side. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like people who use Instagram recreationally aren't as hyper aware of who's following them, who's liking their posts, etc. If they're watching stories, like I know I always, again, I use Logan as a baseline barometer of a casual Instagram user. He probably posts in his feed six times a year and it's usually ugly pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> but he does go on it every night before bed. He kind of scrolls through quickly, but I, I don't, I've never noticed him checking who's watching his stories or how many views they get. And he doesn't really care how many likes a photo gets or who specifically is liking it. And I do think that is more that Logan is a better example. I think he's on the extreme end of casual user, but I think he's closer to most recreational users than we are. And I think I often am scrolling quickly. And sometimes I try to be better about it because I know what it's like to be on the other side. So I really do try and just like every single one of my friends posts yeah, regardless. Um, Same. Yeah. And I will like watch, you know, especially for other people who do creation, I will also click through all their stories, even if I'm not interested, just to like give them the views and clicks. So I don't follow a lot of my friends because I'm too scared to follow them and that they'll get a notification and know that I haven't been following them all these years because I don't think they've actively gone through the list and realized I don't follow them. So there is always that possibility that like people didn't follow you because they're like, well, we're friends and she'll know that I haven't been following her all this time. Whereas you are already aware they're not following you. Is that making sense? Like, do you know, like they don't yeah. want to flag no, to you that... that, that they're not following. Yeah. And I, I also think that I personally 
when I watch stories, some days I watch a million stories, some days I watch zero stories. And it's just because I was busy, or maybe I was intentionally cutting time on Instagram or what it is, but it's not a reflection of like, if I watch your stories one day, and then don't watch them for two days, and then watch them for three days, like it's not a reflection of my interest in your life. It's a reflection of my own time spent and bandwidth on social media that day. So I think people read way too much into who's watching their stories. Whereas I I often think there is quite literally zero intention behind it. And I think that that is one of the insidious sides of social media. I see a lot of young people, especially when it comes to guys and stuff like being like, but he watches my stories. I'm like, what sometimes I'm I'll be brushing my teeth and I'll be watching stories, but I'll be also like talking to Taco and adding things to my calendar and whatever. And stories are playing in the background, but I didn't actually watch them. You know, like there are so totally. many things that can happen that can show up as views or zero views or whatever it is. And I just think that perspective is always really important to keep in mind. And in real life relationships will always be more valuable than social media relationships. In my opinion, I I can't, I can't really see how a social media relationship would be more valuable than an in-person relationship. So I think just like letting that go. I also think you hang out with a, I I don't want like cooler or just like more self-consciously cool crowd than I do. Like my, I just, I feel like I don't really, most of my inner, actually all of my inner circle, like none of them has anything to do with social media or has any sort of public facing career. So they think if anything, they're going to be making fun of me, but they also don't think social media is uncool. They maybe don't post on it or have it, but they, they just use it when they feel like it. And I think that's such a healthier relationship with social media. Um, but I think for you, that is a tricky road to navigate because it is weird to have people close to you making you a feel weird for being on Instagram. I feel like sometimes you become quote unquote, content constipated yeah, <laughs> because you you're a little bit self-conscious about posting or using Instagram a lot when so many people around you are like, that's not the cool thing to do. But I mean, that not part of my friends, but like, screw that. Like yeah. you are doing a creative thing and you have a platform where you can actively be promoting your work and connecting with other people who do also use social media in this way, which I think is really valuable. I think like having other people who do understand the content creation side of things and the highs and lows of doing that, that is a very valuable relationship. Even if it is just on social media, I've connected with so many people over the years on social media in that way. And it's been lovely, but I you actually shared this with me years ago. And I think it was Adam or somebody who had posted and been like, this is my job now. I don't visit you at your office. Please don't come visit me at mine. And I think when I post stuff, I don't feel this way anymore. I certainly did in the beginning. And I think it's part of the reason that I pigeonholed myself and only shared food content for so long was because I did feel self-conscious thinking that I didn't want my friends to think that 
I was basically, you don't want them to think that you're being a narcissist by sharing parts of your life. But then you realize that like, well, my best friend may not give two shits about what I'm making for dinner that night or what, how I like to style my cardigan. (laughs) There are a lot of people out there who are interested in that content. And that is why they're following you. And we are not creating content for our friends and family who know the real us, who love the real us, who are unconcerned with what we're posting on social media. And I think that the judgment is in our heads because I've said this out loud to some friends sometimes. And they're like, what are you talking about? I would never think that about you. Like, I know that you're not doing that for me. All the, and, and half of the time they're like, I really enjoy it. So it's fine, <laughs> which is lovely. But they're like, I know that's not for me. I would never judge you for that. You're just doing your job. And while it should be unsurprising, given that I love these people and they love me too, it was kind of a, a relief to voice that fear and have them say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're not judging you (laughs) because we already have to deal with enough judgment from strangers without worrying that the people who are close to us are also judging our performance on social media. I know. I know. It's, I, I, there's a lot of layers to it though. So I'm not, I'm not belittling the spirals at all. No, I mean, I think it's really, been a hindrance to me in so many ways. And probably like one of the social media episodes over the years, I talked about this, but it's still happening now where I'm just steadily like I had at the big before the pandemic, 30,000 followers. Right. And I have just been steadily going down, but not, you know, but it's, it's very slow and steady, right? Like at the rate we're going, when we get to that episode, when I'm finally cohabitating with someone and 70 years old, I will have zero followers probably by that point, or maybe like a thousand. But at this point, you know, it's slow, it's slow and steady, or who knows, maybe I'll turn the ship around this year when I become an influencer. But essentially, like, I have more followers than a personal account, but I don't have a ton compared to most people who are, you know, doing work that they share and and a similar way than I do. And it's not growing anymore. And I think when it's actively not growing and it's not, and it's actively decreasing, that was the first thing that made I, because I used to post very differently, as you know, like when I, when we started the show actually, and probably a little bit before that, but like when Serena and I met, I was using Instagram a ton. Like I was really like yeah. showing my day of like, this is what I do. This is my boyfriend. This is my life here. This is what, you know, it was just like a, I loved it. And then I would share something on my feed every single day, like something stupid or a screenshot or like something I read or like, you know, it, ju- it just was like a procedural thing. Like, okay, morning I post whatever. And then something happened where I started losing followers. Like this is maybe 2018, 2017, where it just wasn't steadily growing. And that number didn't, I didn't get like a tiny dopamine boost when that point, whatever went up, it started to go down when I would post. And that's when it would happen. Cause that's like when you, there's movement, like that's when I would notice it. And then it became a little bit challenging for me to post. Cause I was suddenly like, 
oh God, if I post, I'm going to get that bad feeling again. And so I just was more apprehensive. I was more self-conscious. And then, but you know, I kept, I kept going and I, and I was, then I was sort of selling more things too. At that same time, it coincides with me leaving my job. It coincides with me starting the podcast course where I was selling an online course for the first time. So that became really hard. And I just like, it got a little bit harder. And then at the beginning of, of 2019, I had this breakup that made me really depressed and not really feel like myself. And I was like, oh, it's really hard to get on here and be like, I'm sad. I don't know what to say, but I kind of did that, you know, like I kind of actually did that. And, you know, I was still posting pretty frequently less because I wasn't like, you know, un- unhinged, like scarily depressively posting, but I was like doing what I could. And then I started yeah. the account for, I'm really just walking everyone through the whole trajectory of my social media, but I think it actually might be sort of relevant because it shows kind of how I got here to at that concert, looking around this room, because I was essentially using my social media for about a thousand people who are the people I know and not even considering the 26,000 people who are actually there (laughs) because they want like whatever I'm sharing, you know what I mean? And they just don't know me socially. But anyway, to catch up to that point, like basically I go on a a trip that never ended after that. I end up moving coasts. There ends up being a pandemic. There ends up being, you know, all (laughs) of these things that made it. So I was, I was afraid to post, you know, I was like, And I think so many of us felt like that in the pandemic where you either were posting a ton or and on Instagram live all day and like really leaning into your content of sharing or you were kind of scared to post. And I leaned into the side of being a bit scared to post. And you gave me such a great, so much great advice during that time. But I remember you being like recommendations and routines, share those, those (laughs) what your people want. And it was pandemics was kind of perfect. And I, w- I was really trying, but, you know, I was really overthinking it. I was I had a similar experience with my best friend in New York, like even said to me straight up, she was like the long captions like I can't do it. Like I don't you know. And so then I was like suddenly like instead of just being like, OK, this is not for you. I was yes. suddenly like, I will make the caption short. That's not cool. She's the coolest person in the world. I got to cater to this one person. Like I would do in my yoga classes when I was teaching yoga and a friend would come, I would suddenly be like, what'd they think of that? Every time I would like teach a cool move or play a song, I would just be looking at that one person. And that's not fair to the other people in the class who were paying to be there and I needed to show up for. And I know I'm doing that exact same thing now. And then just to like really show how this got to a level that is like, unimaginable. So then, you know, pandemic, I'm trying to cater to this one friend. Then I move into this group that we're now in here now, and I'm around them at the, at the peak of the pandemic. And I'm watching how they use social media and I'm watching how, because they are, they do use it for work to promote their work. Like if they have, if they're a musician, it's a show coming up. If they're a photographer, it's their image. It's their, so they post it when they have something to share and then they might use it recreationally, like socially too. And I took it as such like social clout when someone would follow me who was in that group, I made it mean, oh, they don't think my work is stupid. They want to know what I'm up to and keep being my friend. I'm in the group like I because I was so feeling untethered and 
unanchored to anything at that time. And just in general, like I still often feel that way, you know, of just the way my life face is like, and the reality of the situation is in, and this is something I highly dislike about our social media society right now is that we do judge people who we don't know based off of a nine grid square of who they say on this, on this platform, whether it's like, you know, you click through from a dating app like Raya or Hinge and you make a call on someone's like if they would be suitable to you and your group and mm-hmm. your vibe based off of that. And I then become very aware of what my like last four few things are and I'm archiving things. And that is so, you know, I'm self-mythologizing in a way or I'm trying to craft like I'm trying to be cool, you know, which is just yeah. not not conducive to the other thing I'm trying to do, which is grow and post and just share authentically to people who want to be there. Those two things are really at odds. And not to mention like the whole other thing of being around people who use it in a very different way where, you know, even at this concert last night, I was like a friend of mine who was sitting next to me, like pulled out her phone to take a Instagram story and post it. And I was like, kind of wanted to do that too. He was so good. And I wanted to post about my friend show, but I I was very aware of myself being watched by other people who would be like, oh, Katie's like being an influence. Like, and it was so silly. And I think the, the more followers I have at a certain level, I'm like, oh, well, they know this, like my, my actual real life friends will know this is not a personal account. Like I'm using this for work. So like they'll, they'll get that. But then at the same time, I often feel like because of that, that there's a judgment to having that too. Like there's kind of, I don't even know if that's like coming out making sense, but there's two things. Like there's judgment based on being an influencer. Yeah. There's that too, which like, I don't obviously don't have, like, you're one of my best friends. You're an influencer. Like I'm honestly like, that's like my dream job is to be an influencer. So I, but I think it's, I think it's how you I don't know. I think what I'm feeling here, which is what I feel in general, is like I just and Katie and I always talk about this behind the scenes because while like I am not a full time influencer and that it is not my you know primary source of income or whatever, I do always advocate for Katie leaning into that side of things. I know that there's a lot of you know, shit talking that goes on in society about influencers. But I think that it's how you choose to cultivate and use your platform and community. And this sounds very woo woo. But I think what's kind of been liberating for me, and I have so many social media spirals. So it's not like I have this, you know, sort of wonderful perfect relationship with it it really ebbs and flows and some days i like absolutely despise it and some days i'm endless well i'm always grateful for it because i feel like it allows me to do a lot of things i wouldn't otherwise be able to do but you know some days i am really loving it and some days i'm really hating you know the social media universe but i think when you think about quote unquote, like growing your platform or influencing or whatever. It's one of those things where I find 
just based on my conversations with friends and then also, you know, seeing what people are making fun of influencers for and that type of stuff. People always, some people roll their eyes when they're like, I hate when influencers use the term my community. And mm-hmm. I get it. It's a little cringy and whatever, but I don't know what other term you would use. With that said, I think that people who roll their eyes at being thought of as part of your community or, you know, if, if you call people friends online or whatever, then it's not for them. And it is their choice to be putting themselves in a situation every day where they're rolling their eyes or feeling annoyed or whatever it is. Because I do think there's a lot of people, if you do treat people like the people you're speaking to, through, which is essentially what you're doing through sharing content is talking to other people. If you treat them like you would a friend, then people who actually want to be part of your quote unquote community, just because there's no other word for it, are going to stay there and be invested and tell other people in their lives about you because they think that you, these people would also enjoy what you're sharing. And that's, I think, how growth happens. And that can only happen if you are a little bit less self-conscious. And that's really hard. And I think that sometimes what happens too is when people grow really fast, they get this inflated sense of self and also stop sharing in a way that people connect with or originally follow them for. And that's not to say that people should remain stagnant because I think what also happens is maybe people followed you during a certain phase of your life. Maybe they were really in, like in, they also lived in New York city and really related to it. Or maybe they also had a, were working in wellness or maybe they really love, they started following you because they fell in love with your book. And then like your life changed and therefore your content changed and they were no longer a fit but the unfollowing because i unfollow i think i feel okay with people unfollowing me because i unfollow people all the time and there is zero malice behind my decision to unfollow them it's just like oh this person maybe i don't know in in my particular life phase it's like sometimes it just happens where i'll be following somebody for a certain maybe i really like i don't know their fashion or food content or something like that. And then maybe this is just one example, but like maybe they have a baby and they shift to motherhood content and that doesn't resonate with me. So I unfollow not because I dislike them or whatever, but it's just like, that's not something that I particularly am looking to consume on a day-to-day basis. And I think what frustrates me about social media is a lot of times, and I, I feel this way. I notice myself doing it too. And then I force myself to take action in the sense that we are all responsible for curating our own social media space. And I feel like I often see people saying the, this person that I follow makes me feel this. And it's like, okay, but that's your response to what they're sharing. And, and, we we each have to take responsibility for how we feel like for this is a perfect example and it's so silly but like when i got taco i, I have had a few messages like over the months that, since i've gotten taco where people are like i had to unfollow for a bit because like my dog 
you know, died this year and it's just too hard for me to see you like happy with a dog. And I get that, you know, but does it mean I'm a bad person for sharing my dog because somebody else is having a hard time with that? No, like I, we can't tailor our lives to like make other people. We can't control how other people are going to respond to our content. And I have some friends who do share motherhood content and some of the messages they receive are just like, so like, it's such a touch. It's so awful. And like, I do think people, especially since the pandemic are just angrier online and it makes it more difficult and scarier to share. Right. Because on top of having to deal with what people, you know, think about you, you're worrying about the opinions of lots and lots of strangers. And I, I don't know how many people listening right now are like on the content creation side. So when Katie and I talked about this episode, we were like, we want to talk about the consumption element and the creator element. And I feel like we dove right into the creator side of things, which I just think is inherently trickier. But the good old purge of who you're following really does make a difference. Like rolling, like, I can't remember, I read a very well written article on social media a couple of years ago. And it was basically saying that by following hate following people or following people whose content no longer resonated with you, you were inviting negativity into your life on a daily basis, because the people unless you're actively saying mean things to the people creating that content, which I really hope people listening to this podcast are not doing but um if unless you're actively like being mean to them the people creating that content truly have no idea that you're rolling your eyes at them or you know hating them in your head on a day-to-day basis so you're only hurting yourself like you're you're only hurting yourself by actively looking at things that you don't like or that annoy you exactly and i i did a i think it was Ah, 20 beginning of 2020 maybe so yeah or beginning of 2019 I don't know a few years ago I did huge like I had like 200 people or something and I just feel so much better up to because I did find myself hate following people like rolling my eyes when I got those and being like annoying like whatever and I was like this is on you it's not fault that you're annoyed (laughs) (laughs) like just let them go i i honestly i feel so much happier not knowing what people who annoy me are up to and in cases of diplomacy that's when you mute people so they don't know that you're not following them you just never see their stuff but i don't know i think i it just makes me sad because i a like i love seeing what you're up to on social media and i think that so many people would benefit from like learning from you and seeing your creative process and aesthetic and sense of humor and all of those things. And I just, I, it's so, I mean, I feel the same way. I feel so self-conscious about, I go through phases where I feel incredibly self-conscious about what I'm doing online. And I think you can have firm boundaries. I think I, I feel like my relationship with social media has changed for the better in that I've, I set boundaries several years ago, but I have made them stronger and I have shared less and less of my personal life in recent years. Um, And that doesn't mean that, you know, like obviously you see Taco or you see like Logan making some stuff, but 
I feel like now I'm just very, very mindful of what I share because as I get older, I also get more scared of social media. Like I see and I hear stories and I'm like, I'm afraid people are going to find my address or do weird, you know, if you Google my name, like I, which, you know, I, I, I've had some bad experiences in the past. I don't Google myself anymore. But when you look at the related searches, it's fucking creepy. It is yeah. fucking creepy what people are searching for. And I it it scares me a lot. And so the more people that follow and the older I get and question what I'm doing with my social media presence, the stronger the boundaries are that I want to set for myself. And I think something that is really difficult. And I know that I feel like this is something that you relate to. And also that anybody else who's running a small business that's listening to this or trying to promote creative projects or in a, in a creative field in general, honestly, even if you're, you know, running for public office, things like this, like social media is really important. And I I feel like with certain things I want to do, like I want to write another book this year. I want to be doing more TV and less just, you know, day-to-day social media. But the issue with that is when people are, are casting, when they are considering TV development, when they are reviewing my book proposal, they want to know how many Instagram followers I have. And like my agents are like, you got to get over a hundred thousand this year. And it's just like, that's stressful and it's pressure. And it's not even something that I, I, I personally, that resonates with me, like the concept of just getting more followers for the sake of using that number to leverage for other things. But when people are just saying like, you're not growing fast enough, or you need to grow more, or you need to do this, like on social media, <laughs> which is a minefield, I just, it really messes with your head because like you were talking about when you look at numbers and they're going down or you look at, you know, in my case, I grow in fits and starts. So like I will grow for a week I'll get, you know, or like somebody will mention me or I will have a press appearance or something and I'll get a bunch of followers. And then that number will stay the same for like three months. And then I'll get another influx of people. And it's, it's, very unpredictable and very slow. And I think you can't ever treat it like a growth model where you're like, I just got to show up and get more people here. Like you have to serve the people who are already there, like you Mm -hmm. talked about, and also tune out the one, like I'm doing my semi-annual feedback this week. And I have people say like what they want to see more of. I frame it positively being like, what do you like? and want want to see more of because then it becomes very obvious what people do not like versus mm-hmm. being like just give me feedback because you don't need all that negativity but like Smart. you mentioned with people judging <laughs> you know like it's like you're you want to play to the one cool person or if you like your friend who said that your captions were too long and then that sticks in your head we've talked about this so many times on this podcast the fact that you know we fi- our brains fixate on the negative and for every negative comment or review that you see or a piece of feedback that you get, you need 10 pieces of positive feedback to balance that out. But I don't even think that's true for me. I could get a thousand pieces of positive feedback and mm-hmm. I still focus on the one negative thing. And I was joking to Katie that one person 
you know, so in the feedback, there were so many people who are like more taco, more taco. And I know that that they don't actually want like more videos or photos of taco. It's just like a reiteration that they enjoy seeing taco, which is very sweet. But somebody had submitted and was like, less dog content, please, which is a very actually, that's very nice way to communicate it. They could have been like, stop showing your dog. You know what I mean? And that was a very nice way to phrase it. But I read that and I was like, oh, I shouldn't. Like my my brain said to me, like, don't don't share any more stuff of taco. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There are literally hundreds of people that were like, I want more taco. And one person's like, no more dog content. And you're, and you're focusing on that. Like, it's very easy to just zoom in on the negative. And that's just a very frivolous example. But the same thing applies to pretty much anything, right? Like, you share anything. And so many people can be like, this really helped me. I learned so much from this. This really resonated from with me. And one person is like, like, I hated this. And you're like, Oh, everything I do is bad. And that's just the way that especially I think people pleasing anxious brains are wired. And it's so hard, so hard to turn that off. I have had so much anxiety. And there have been so many tears shed over the years over very infrequent in negative interactions on social media. And I think that it's so hard to zoom out, but we have to. And I think from a consumption standpoint, it's really important to zoom out as well. Like, how is it making you feel? How much are you using it on a day-to-day basis? Are you actually engaging? And I feel like now I'm just giving a dissertation. So I'm sorry that I've been talking for so long. No, but there's great. a great podcast and and I'll find it for the show notes that I listened to. And it was it was basically what we've already discussed, but it, it was like if and I think we maybe talked about it uh in another episode this season, but it was basically like if you use social media actively, it can improve your life and your connections with other people, meaning that if when you're on social media, you are actively chatting with people, liking posts, posting your own content. Even if you're not posting your own content, you are engaging with other people's content versus just scrolling, lurking, not posting anything, going down rabbit holes, losing more time than you wanted to online. And I think like being aware of how you feel, being aware of who you're following, and also being really, really aware that. Like people are not sharing their whole lives. They're sharing, especially the people who have specifically curated feeds, like they are curated, they're aesthetically, you know, pleasing and, and in sync and seemingly perfect because that's intentional. They're likely using it as part of their job and, or selling a product. And it's just... I, it's so easy to lose sight of. It's so easy to lose sight of that yeah. we're 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 seeing such small portions of people's lives. Just for time, I'll like give my yeah spit my greatest hits of like advice <laughs> I've given about this and advice I've taken and advice I've heard and not actually uh, integrated, which clearly my spiral indicates. <laughs> but I think you're right. I mean, I think there's. I shared my like trajectory with why this has become such a challenge for me. And it it goes up and down and, you know, like that the most narcissistic thing quality is to, to make it like I'm special. I know everyone, everyone deals with a lot of the same feelings that I'm having. 
I do think there are some aspects of my personality that cause validation from specific people like that specific best friend who said that to me meant so much more than if a if a random person said that to me captions too long and be like okay not for you i don't care like, yes. i don't know you but it depends on who's who it's coming from it depends on uh, how i've made that person to me and this is a bigger mental health issue that like all of this really comes down to being able to validate myself being able to not need the validation from other people not needing to be anchored to anyone like and and this is something that you know i hope it didn't come off but i've been it, it might have in last week's episode i have been pretty depressed lately honestly and yeah. and i think when that happens i've been thinking a lot about anchors and what's real and what isn't and and i do have like a lot of relationships in my life where i'm reconsidering like oh wow does that drain me? Does that make me feel good? And, or just, you know, it's not even about them. It's more about like how I feel when I'm around in this group. And, and that also relates to social media because it's the same, how I'm feeling in life is all always connected to how I'm feeling in social media. If I'm having a really good day, I can go in there and it's a portal. Like it's a portal to everything. And you have to be able to, and I know on days when I'm really shaky, not the day to sometimes not even a day to go in there. Like I literally can't see it. Cause it's just going to take me out one way or another, or I just not a day to post because I'm feeling too shaky. That energy isn't going to be good for anything that I do the days that I, and again, if I get into a more consistent habit with this, everything is easier. And I was, but there are so many factors that, you know, you, you mentioned of like, the why the follower counts going down and and it part of it is like for sure inconsistency and me just changing so many times and there's been so many iterations with me of me and that's fine like people can come and go and that's that's no problem and then i think the other thing not so much on on follower account but just in everything that you shared from the content creation side but also just in the consumption side too we have to keep in mind and cannot be overstated how much this landscape has changed Instagram specifically. Obviously we are talking only about Instagram, but when we did this episode in 2019 about social media, TikTok didn't even exist or maybe it did, but like, I didn't know about it probably. And I still don't have it on my phone, but reels changed the way that we, I don't even know if there was like the slider photo when we started this podcast, you know, like, there are so many different ways that we, there used to not be stories. There used to not be lives. Like there's, there's that. And then there's also, of course, when they stop doing the chronological theme. So it's like you, just having to constantly change the way we both consume this platform and the way we contribute to the platform is a lot of energy that we're having to just keep up with, you know? And then the other thing that I was thinking about when I was, you know, in that sort of, it felt like a video game last night. You know, I was like looking around this room (laughs) and I was like, wow, so many of these people I see all the time. Cause I do use it that way. Exactly. Like you said, like 
I am so supportive of every single person in that room. Like when they post something, I like it because I know how it feels when someone likes my thing. I respond to their stories. I say like, oh, that was funny. Or like, I am just on it in that way with this set of people. And it means so much to me. And there's this one guy and I haven't seen him in a while, but we, I talk to him like every day on, on social media, pretty much. I see what he's up to. He has like stuff that I like. We're not close friends. We're like definitely more acquaintances, but I feel closer to him since he followed me on Instagram and I followed him back on Instagram and we see, and he watches all my stories and likes all my posts and let it out posts. And, and this is just a person who I've hung out with in a group. I, you know, have their number in my phone, but like, we don't really, we've never hung out one-on-one. We're not like super close friends. I like them, but I feel like I know this person much better based on being part of their, we'll call it community, you know, and same with him watching, like interacting with my work. And so, and, and again, I, I've made this person cool. I've put them in this, in this pedestal, not even on a pedestal, but they're in part of this group. And then there are other people who that hasn't happened with. And here's where it really comes down to. It's like at the end of the day for whether you're not performing, but whether you're putting out your content to strangers, like much like what we were saying about, you know, feedback, like negative or positive, getting validation from people who you know means more than validation from strangers, even if it's, even it's, it's a lot in volume, but it really is like, I think we all want to be seen and understood and recognized for who we really are. And Mm -hmm. when I'm posting on my social media, like it's, it's definitely not the full real picture of me, but it's, pretty damn close. And it's the part that I want people to see. And it's the part that I feel proud of. And for people who I really want to wanting to be part of something, mm-hmm. I, it's about wanting to be understood and it's about wanting to be seen. And, and so I think I have to give all of those feelings to myself because this conversation and countless that Serena has endured with me really comes down to like, I have, to, I'm shooting myself in the foot with a lot of career opportunities because at the end of the day, people do judge people based off of this. And it is good for, it's good for this spiraling podcast. The more I do it, it's good for my podcast. It's good for any sort of consulting work I want to do. It really is a tool we use now. We're like, just because it used to be fun and just because there wasn't a college class on it when I went to school, there is now. And it is part of a job. And ultimately, like, I can't afford to not take it seriously. And I think that and not take it and by take it seriously, I mean, have more fun with it and engage with it because that is how (laughs) it works. And it's just it is complex of like, you know, thinking about that person who follows me and it like means so much to me that we're so supportive of each other's work. And, you know, he shared, let it out posts before I've shared things that he's posted before. And that means so much to be in a supportive community. And it, that's like, that's it at its best. And then everything I described before of like, Oh, that person didn't uh, like, that's kind of it at its worst. And imagine for kids where their brains are still forming. Like I am a 32 oh year old grown up, and I talk about it like it's high school. So it's just, it's incredibly complex. And then the last thing I'll say about it is like the, like I follow P it's, it's just bizarre. Like, I think we just need to address the fact that it is bizarre because 
for instance, here's there's many, many bizarre aspects of it. But one of them is there's some there's several people I follow that I met in like 2013 or through my old job at Kind, who I would never even remember, like on and not because they're in they're not like memorable people. I just, you know, it's been 10, 15 years. But I still follow yeah. them and they'll pop up into my feed and I'll remember, I'll know that they're, they exist and what they're doing. And like that to me, like I could unfollow, maybe I will someday. I don't know if they still follow me. It doesn't matter. I don't, it's not like this, you know, group I seem to care so much about. But just the fact that like this application in our phone allows for that with memory. It's so interesting how it allows for archiving, how it allows for, you know, it's very challenging to be mysterious if you want you got to let go of that if you want to use it in the ways we've been talking about it's it's image creating it's like it is an art in a way where like self pathologizing how we want to be perceived by others and able to curate that and it's part just like our style is part of that and it's really complex and i don't fully understand it i don't think anybody fully understands it because it can't have been studied very much because it's still relatively new. And yeah, I think we'll probably be discussing it in some capacity on this show for as long as we do it, because it is very much related to mental health and anxiety. And, you know, we both happen to use it for work, but really everybody does in a way, if you choose to post on it, unless you're choosing to opt out. So yeah, that's my TED talk. (laughs) No, but it's all perfectly said. And I think there, if you're somebody like listening to this podcast and you've chosen to opt out of social media for your own mental health, I think that's amazing. I think there are days when I wish I could just go offline for long stretches. And I I do feel that the time that I take fully off from social media, I feel the happiest and the most, honestly, like I do feel significantly less anxious. And I've just made peace with the fact that I don't have the luxury of not being on social media for the foreseeable future. And I have to do everything I can to mitigate the impacts on my mental health, which is to take breaks when I can to set better boundaries about like not being in my DMs. And it's like a, I also think that on the creator side, and I think that this can happen too, for just consumers who are really engrossed in the app, like it, it can have really detrimental effects on your in real life relationships. And like, I'm really bad at setting work boundaries. And to me, DMs are, they can't, they're another email inbox for me, right? It's customer service. And I feel very passionately about it. But like Logan will be like, do you know any companies who customer service reps are like available until 11 PM? You know, like, yeah there are normal working hours and you are not beholden to answering these questions in real time. And also I think that what I, one thing I struggle with from an anxiety standpoint is I do feel I it's, I never wanted to be like, I feel like I have to answer people because I want to answer people. And 
I want to create a space online again, because it doesn't improve my mental health when I do keep my usage of social media connected and actually social and do correspond with people. And I do want to get back to people and answer questions. And I'm never trying to gatekeep, you know, (laughs) I'm never trying to be like, no, I will not tell you where my sweater is from, you know, whatever it's, whatever it is, I want to help people out. But I, I do feel that especially in recent years, the way that social media is used has bred this sort of a certain level of entitlement. And also, I I feel that sometimes the messages I receive, the way they're phrased, and then also the volume, it can feel a bit dehumanizing. And on a on a good day, I'm just like, wow, I, I have great perspective. And I'm like, wow, all these people wanting something from you is a compliment, right? Like that's, they're engaged and, and they have a question or they like want some, you know, they want to link to something or whatever. And that's an amazing thing. And I really try my best to focus on that. But some days, especially if I am feeling really stressed or, and this is a perfect example because after our conversation, the year in review conversation, I went back, you know, because I had gone back through my camera roll in preparation for the recording, I made one of those like, you know, year in review videos, but I didn't have, I was so conscious when I was making it. And I, I wrote this in the caption. I was like, this is not my year in review. This is like my high, my year of highs. Like this is my highlight reel because I didn't take photos of anything bad. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I did not take photos. And like, I, I feel like, and again, I hate to be cryptic on here, but like, Last year was a really tough year on the personal front. And obviously, because I have strong social media boundaries now, like I wasn't on there. Also, like when it involves other people, because we all have full lives and and social networks and families and things, I'm not going to be on there sharing about friends and family members and stuff because it's not my place. But that doesn't mean that people don't die or get divorced or get very sick or whatever it is. Like, so I was like, all of these things being called 2022 recaps and reviews, they're, they're not, they're very biased highlight reels. And that's totally fine as long as we know what that is. But I think on a bad day where I'm overwhelmed or something bad has happened or whatever, and then you, like I open my DMs and it's just people screaming at me for things. And I know they're not actually screaming, but I, I, think that the aggressive use of question marks and exclamation points is like very jarring to my nervous system. (laughs) I'm like, please don't use all caps. Like why? But you know, you open it and it's like, like, where's your sweater from? Can you review this itinerary for my trip? Can you put together this menu for me? Where's your sweater from? Where's your sweater from? Where's your sweater from? And can you like relink this thing? And what, and and it's 90% of the time, and this is not meant to sound ungrateful, not even 90, 98% of the time, if it's like clothing related, which for better or for worse is like what all of my DMs are, it's already tagged. You know, I'm a psycho about that. It's always on the first screen. And so that in and of itself then makes it harder to get to people who have a have a question about a cooking class or want to chat about a book or whatever it is, which I'm not saying like certain DMs are more important than others, but like I do think that you know, having conversations is more important and feels more fulfilling than like resending a, a, a sweater brand like a thousand times. 
But I think like what people don't realize is, you know, I think they do know that they're asking a person online, but all I think it's, it's almost, it's almost a, uh, I'm I want to say politeness, but it's, it's, it's you, I always just think that you should talk to somebody on the internet the same way that you would approach somebody in real life. So no, I don't think somebody has to start a DM conversation by being like, hi, I'm Sarah. I've been following since 2021. I work in blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's more just like if you, and you don't even have to start with a compliment. It's maybe just like a full sentence versus like wear a sweater from like, where is your sweater from? Single question mark. I can't believe you get that. I I don't get that. Like that. (laughs) I think it's, I think that is because like, I don't ever get that. You know what I mean? Like I, people ask me where my dress is from often, but it's, I don't get that. I think it is because you are more, because of how many followers you have and how like think, because of I think that's probably yeah no and I think still that's not true. cool like but I'm just no like, no no but I but. I think like people don't and I I don't think that people mean it to come off as rude or brusque at all I just think that did I ever tell the story this is like a very simple example but I do think it volumes to to how people speak to one another online and maybe gives like a little bit of perspective into what um, it is. And again, I do not want this to seem like I'm remotely complaining because like every job has, and it's, it's unseemly to complain about like uh, something as trivial as this, but this is the social media episode. So it feels fitting to talk about, but I remember this. It always just sticks in my head as the example. And I feel like maybe I told this story on the past social media episode, but the first time the dude diet dinner time came in the mail and I opened it, I recorded a video like I was on, I think it was an Instagram live or it was stories, but I was obviously very emotional and was so excited and was like really just tra- talking through the book and whatever. I, I post this, I go do some other things, go to the bathroom, um, and, and, you know, offline, come back online. I have so many DMs. <laughs> And I'm like so excited because I think it's people responding positively to the book, right? Mm-hmm. And I open it and yes, there are some people who were very excited about the book, but I would say like 50% of the DMs and there were so many and I was like so buoyed by that were like wear earrings from link your earrings. It was like this old pair of Zara earrings. And it just, it, I, and I would, I remember it just, it felt like a kick in the stomach to be like, Oh, I worked for two years on this thing. And like, literally nobody gives a shit. They just care about where my cheap earrings are from. And like, it just, it felt so bad. And I, I try not to recreate that moment, which is why literally I am so meticulous about tagging where everything is from just so that I can actually keep DMs clear. And some people are like, that's silly. You should let people ask you for your sweater because it boosts your engagement. And that's just not the type of person that I I am or want to be, like to do things just for like to gatekeep so that people DM me so that I get more quote unquote responses to my stories and then can sell that to brands. Like that's just like not something I'm interested in. But I do think that it's important to be mindful of like, I, it's happened in the past too. And I, this is such silly, like these are so, this feels so trivial to be talking about, but it, because like we are people 
it can be hurtful. You know, I remember times talking about something serious like anxiety. And again, it's like people are like, don't care about that. They just care about, you know, where the picture behind me is from or where the sweater is from or whatever. And I'm always happy to... (laughs) to share those things it's just i don't know i I just think people should be mindful i'd like talk to people online the way you would talk to them in real life that was the point of the story yeah and even and i'm so sorry that happened and even like if you're talking to southwest airlines like and you're angry like the intern for social media who's responding to your customer service dm is actually human being too so like let's just think about this as like we are not robots let's try to be nice to customer (laughs) service people our influencers our waitresses our flight attendants like let's just try to be kind human beings that it's good for happiness if you don't even not even from an altruistic standpoint and then you know, the 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 same thing is true with what you shared in that way that's maybe not that relatable for a lot of myself necessarily or a lot of people listening of like, but I mean, I guess I, I can relate to that in the in the book context. I had like a similar feeling too. But anytime that anybody posts something that they're proud of or, or an accomplishment or like, you know, I, I've said this probably before too, like something that I'll spend hours on, like really writing a caption, like rewriting, whatever, no responses. And like the selfie I took two seconds with is like, (laughs) you know, know. goes basically viral. It's just like, we can't control it. It's not, it is what it is. Think about it less. Try to make your validation come from other sources, but it's also going to come from here. The highs are high, the lows are low. And like, it's just, it's quite complex. I think that's the main thing to consider. And then just to land the a plane that I flew earlier that I want to briefly circle back to before my computer dies is that <laughs> I was starting to say that friendship is undefined, right? Like it's a one of those relationships where the only thing you have to go on is longevity and sometimes or how often you see someone. And even those things aren't necessarily a marker of friendship. And I think kind of the one marker that we do have is in that specific relationship because a colleague relationship you have some sort of built-in thing obviously romantic relationship there's something family but friendship is completely undefined except for social media like social media a little bit cements something it makes like an outward declaration of like all right we're doing this I'm going to see your life. You're going to see mine forever, potentially, you know, and you're not going to forget I exist and I'm not going to forget you exist until we make a call that's pressing a button that's like no longer care about you, you know, and that's like, so I think even that it's like socially real life like that does affect that. And that's kind of what I was trying to say with my whole original spiral. Yes. I'm now spiraling that I like, I hate complaining about no social media stuff because I feel like people are like, boo hoo, like people ask where your earrings are from. I, and, and this is like my, this is my spiral with social media. When you say things, then you're like, oh, I hope that doesn't seem ungrateful or like, I don't ever want to be seen as complaining. That's one of my big social media spirals. But I think that a lot of people share that. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's, important to keep in mind that like people again i think we're all very critical of the stuff that we post and 
just like everything else in our lives, we are thinking about it far more than else is I know, about it. which is comforting sometimes, but sometimes it it's not comforting to me. Sometimes I'm like, I just want someone to notice me, you know, like I do I actually know. want someone to care. Like, so it's, yeah, it's, it's complex. No, um, it is. It's just, and this is an ever evolving thing. And I feel like always with these episodes, we could talk about these for hours and hours and hours. Um, but I do think that this is, I do think that every year's social media episode is a tiny bit different. So if this is a topic that interests you, if you're listening or you struggle with social media, in general, I do think that the conversations from past years are always like they they really are different. The first year's one I think was really interesting because I remember distinctly you talking about how you used to use Instagram versus how you use it now and like that arc and how I started using like we I feel like we tell our Instagram origin stories and that was a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh God, I don't know if I could go back and listen to those, but I encourage other people to do that. Oh no, I will um, not be doing that. Okay. Well, that was very <laughs> long-winded as per usual. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's do high, higher, highest. I'll go first. We'll keep it tight. Okay. In no particular order from this past week. Um, Taco has been particularly cuddly. Like, so cuddly and i i don't know if it's a phase or if this is just him now but it's making me so happy so that is one two i started watching the bold type which people have been telling me to watch for years it is the epitome of medium trashy television if you watch younger and you liked younger i mean this came out before younger but it has a very similar vibe to me and it's like three twenty somethings working in uh, working at a magazine and it's also Daphne from White Lotus but when she was younger and I just I I truly love it like I just want to sit around watching it so that was a good one and then also I got to see a couple of friends last week that I just haven't seen in a long time and it was so good to see them one being Phoebe Lapine who's a Aww, shared love her so friend much. of ours and then another like bestie of mine and we just hadn't had like a proper one-on-one catch up in a long time and it was so nice um and i always just feel like you know it's the best feeling when you get to like be with someone for an extended period of time in real life and just like belly laugh and be happy and that was lovely so those were my highs mm, i love that okay mine my number one, I'm going in reverse order, is seeing the editor of this podcast. My very, very dear friend, Brie, has been – and she was the guest on the most recent episode of Let It Out, if you want to learn more about her. And I highly recommend it because she's hilarious and so funny and smart and kind and just – I'm so happy that she's in my life. She's like a sibling that I always wanted and never had and just like I'm so happy we both ended up here. She trained for a half marathon and ran oh it on Sunday yesterday and I went Wee. with our other friend Lizzie and her mom was in town from Chicago and we woke up at 7:30 and we 
um, her mom made t-shirts that her and Lizzie were wearing and I made signs and, and Brie, I said this to her, but she was best dressed. She was in a whole Lululemon blue, uh, ensemble with braids and her mom got for her and just being with her mom. And like, I had the best chat with Mary and like, it was just, it like brightened my whole morning yesterday. And like, that was the, the true that. highlight. I like, don't even need to have any other highs because it was like such a such a high yeah I mean and then honestly like I'll keep the other so tight I did get my period which I'm gonna say is a high that's like the level we're at here over here but it does like the days before my period are so intense that like god I'll take it when it comes and I start to mentally I just have more energy honestly which is like that yeah that starts to feel a little bit better and and I've just been going on like some some good long walks and trying to like deal with the heavy things happening in my brain. And then I, w- with that, I when I was feeling so down and bad, I was so excited to go into the shop on Friday just because it's like a thing that I have at a certain time. And and this little depression that I'm in or whatever, it, it's it was starting to feel suffocating like the last time I had one this intense, which was like after that Mm. that breakup. And I haven't felt anything like that since. And so it was feeling really scary. And at that time, like what helped me was like to be out in the world around people. And I was so kind of grateful that I was like forced to do that that day. And it, it did, it, it perked me up. So anyway, that's, those are mine. I love you. Shall we disclaim before this operation dies? (laughs) We shall just claim. Um, okay. As you may have gathered from our conversations today, Katie, are we doctors? Sure aren't. <laughs> we are also not mental health professionals or experts of any kind. We are just two friends sharing our experiences with anxiety. And if you are struggling, we highly, highly recommend therapy if you're anything like us and we love it and we think that it's incredibly useful and you probably will love it too. Uh, We do. We truly love therapy. And remember that if you're spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy and you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. And we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, we forgot something very important. Even though this is the last official episode of Spiraling Season 4, we have to do our Q&A episode, which we've been doing at least once every season. Yes. And so if you have a question that you would like us to possibly tackle on the podcast, you can email spiralingcommunity at gmail.com or you can DM either one of us on Instagram. I'm at Serena G. Wolf and Katie is at Katie Dalebout with your question. And we will do our best to provide a somewhat helpful answer on the podcast. Yeah. And if you even want to just say hi or tell us what you, you know, share something about spiraling with us or share a spiral that you'd like to talk out with us, I guess that's kind of similar to a question. We'll, we'll answer anything and, you know, related to anxiety or beyond. So we'll make this a real, you know, mailbag episode and we're here to 
you know, try again, you've heard our disclaimer. So we're, we're not doctors, but we are two friends dealing with anxiety, <laughs> happy to help other friends dealing with anxiety and beyond. So we're really excited to hear from you. And thank you so much for being here this season. And I want to thank our editor, Brianna Bain. And I want to thank you, Serena, for doing this with me yet again. And all of you for listening. It, it means so much. And we're really excited for Q&A. So send them over. Let us know how you feel about us. Um <laughs> If it's going to make a spiral, uh, maybe don't, maybe talk to your therapist about that Um, or just unsubscribe. Um, Love you so much. And we're, you guys, you know, we're very happy to be here. Truly. Bye.